1: The Eagles are at the podium, and we've got it for you right here. Powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation, I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Coming up, we're going to hear from Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz from their news conferences after the Eagles' sad 37-31 loss to the Dolphins in Miami. And then you'll hear from Doug again in his day-after news conference, as he has 24 hours to digest The crud that he saw in Miami on Sunday. But first, let me give you my three things from Sunday's debacle. And I think the overarching theme for this particular game is that coaching is to blame for what's going on here with the Philadelphia Eagles. You're going to hear some people and you're going to see some people who say coaching didn't have anything to do with what happened yesterday. There were lots of penalties on the Eagles. Uh, There was uh, lots of mistakes, lots of uh, physical errors, lots of mental errors. But all of that comes back to coaching. And all of that comes back to Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz. Paul Himbikides of ESPN, he's a researcher for the ESPN radio morning show, he does all kinds of research for them, had a very fascinating statistic. And it's, it's borne out by the fact that uh, the Eagles' uh, odds of winning the game after they went up 28-14 to 14 early in the third quarter were in the, in the 90% area. The Eagles blew that 14-point lead in the second half, and over the last three years, teams had been 45-0 with a two-touchdown second-half lead against opponents with a record that was five games or more below 500. The Miami Dolphins came into yesterday two and nine, seven games below 500. Over the last three years, no team did what the Eagles had done in 45 games. 45 chances 45 opportunities teams in the Eagles position had a two touchdown lead in the second half on a bad football team a team five or more games under 500 and all 45 of those other teams won except for the Eagles on Sunday. And I think this loss is on Jim Schwartz's shoulders first and foremost Doug Peterson second and I don't want Doug Peterson fired. I'm not even my mind's not even going there because I still think he's a good coach. So anybody calling for Doug Peterson to be fired that's just that's idiotic. Guy won a Super Bowl. But the calls for Jim Schwartz to be fired I'd be okay if he was if he was fired today, this week or after the season. It doesn't really matter to me. Because if you do fire Jim Schwartz now, what are you going to do with defensive coordinator? You're going to hire an assistant or something like you're not bringing somebody in from the outside. So with Jim Schwartz, if they fire him today, fine. If they don't fire him, they wait till the end of the season, that's fine too. But I think, you know, Schwartz His main problem, and I really think this has been Doug Peterson's problem this year in particular, is a failure to adjust in-game to what's happening. A failure to recognize what his defensive players are good at and changing his scheme to what they had planned before the game to take advantage of that. It was so clear watching Devontae Parker, who is fine, but not a game-changing receiver most of the time. They needed to do something different with Devontae Parker. They needed to double-cover Devontae Parker. And maybe we'll see in the All-22 that they tried to do that a little bit more. Maybe we'll hear Kisten Solak break that down, and, and we'll see that maybe Jim Schwartz tried to do that a little bit more. But it sure didn't look like it on Sunday from the broadcast. And Parker has some talent, but he's not a, he's not a great wide receiver. He's not Amari Cooper. He'd been hot lately. He had seven catches for 135 yards against the Bills in Week 11 and six for 91 against Cleveland in Week 12. But then he erupted for seven for 159 and two touchdowns on Sunday. Before the the last three games, he didn't have a game of more than 75 yards. He only got to 70 yards twice, had 60 or less receiving yards in six of his 13 games this year. He was shut out in Week 2 against New England. He has 854 yards receiving this year. looks like he's going to hit 1,000. But before this year, he had never had more than 744 receiving yards in a season, and that was back in 2016. Devontae Parker is not some wide receiver stud. But the Eagles made him look like Randy Moss. And that's happened a lot this year, and they don't seem to have any answers. And and listen, I know that Jim Schwartz can only use the ingredients that he's been given. And Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker tortured Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby. It wasn't just Devontae Parker either. Mills, when he was targeted, gave up six catches for 102 yards and two touchdowns. Fitzpatrick had a 144.4 passer rating when targeting, targeting receivers going after Mills. With Darby, he gave up four catches for 101 yards and a touchdown, and the quarterback had a 109.7 passer rating going after him. Those are your two starting cornerbacks. Now, Darby can stay with guys. But he can't do anything when the ball's in his area. He can't track the ball. He doesn't know how to get the ball out of the receiver's hands. And Jalen Mills can flash a good game here and there, but the film says something else about him. He's not a great player. He may not even be a good player. And that's what this team is lacking. They're lacking guys that can play man-to-man on the outside. So what do you do? If you're a defensive coordinator and you see that you don't have starting cornerbacks that can match up with a a wide receiver— Maybe you try Russell Douglas, a taller cornerback on Devontae Parker just to see if it'll work. I don't love Russell Douglas out on, on, on an outside corner. I don't think he's all that great, but it was pretty clear Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby weren't getting the job done or you switch to some other kind of, you switch to some other kind of scheme. you to double cover Parker something. You cannot blow a 28-14 lead by allowing a scoring drive on six straight possessions. There were five straight possessions where they scored a touchdown if you take out the kneel down uh, just before the half. it's an It was an absolutely atrocious and reprehensible defensive display. No other team allowed Miami to do what the Eagles did yesterday. That tells you something. That tells you something about the roster that Howie Roseman put together, and it tells you something about Jim Schwartz's ability to coach up these guys and change things mid-game, to, to give them a chance, they didn't have a chance in the second half yesterday to a team that was 2-9 and nine and couldn't score at all coming into this week. And then you've got to look at Doug Peterson. It almost seems as though when they realized that the defense wasn't going to put the Dolphins away, everybody got tight. Everybody tried making the hero play. I mean, when they got up 28-14, and then the Dolphins went right back down the field, six plays, 75 yards in three minutes to make it a, a one-possession game. It was 28-20. The kicker missed the extra point. The Eagles came out and they they went on another good drive, go up 28-14 early in the third quarter. You can't ask for a whole lot more than that. When the Dolphins made it 28-20, here's what the here's what Doug Peterson did. First and ten, short pass to Zach Ertz for nine yards. Okay, good. Then they ran Miles Sanders for eight yards. So that gets you a 1st and 10 at the room 42. Carson Wentz throws a a pass over the middle to Goddard for 24 yards. That gets you to the Miami 34. So far, so good. Then you get a short pass to Alshon Jeffrey for 11 yards. That's another 1st down to the Miami 23. Miles Sanders runs up the middle on 1st and 10 for 3 yards. 2nd and 7, you don't want Doug Peterson running on 2nd and 7. So in the shotgun, Wentz throws an incomplete pass across the middle to Zach Ertz. That's the pass that Ertz dropped. So now you're faced at third, faced with third and seven at the Miami 20. Carson Wentz gets sacked for a 10-yard loss, and then Jake Elliott misses the field goal. I don't have any problem with the play calling in that series. Unfortunately, the Dolphins then go back down the field again, six plays, uh, what is that, uh, 61 yards, and 324 makes it 28-26. So now you see the Eagles starting to get tight. You see, it's a two-point game, and you can just feel the momentum moving. And I, I and I think this is what got into the Eagles' offense here. First and 10, Carson Wentz uh, has an incompletion to Alshon Jeffrey on a short pass. Second and 10, they run Miles Sanders on second and long, which is not what you want to do. It still gained them five yards. So now you've got third and five. And Carson Wentz tries to go deep down the field on a 50-50 ball to Alshon Jeffrey, which is just a bad idea. Alshon Jeffrey doesn't make that catch anymore. But you get defensive pass interference. So it works. So now you have first and 10 at midfield. Carson Wentz has another incompletion deep to Alshon Jeffrey. So now, and so you can argue maybe you should have run Miles Sanders there, but now you've got second and 10. You don't want to run on second and long. So Carson Wentz tries a swing pass to Miles Sanders that goes for minus four yards. So now you're in third and 14. You're not running here. And Carson Wentz throws another incomplete deep ball to Alshon Jeffrey. It's fourth and 14. You're punting away. Now the Dolphins march right back down the field, and they score their touchdown and go up 34-28. to 28. So the Eagles get another possession. Sure, okay, maybe we can run the ball a little bit more. But now you're down. Now you're losing. And time is not exactly your friend. But you still have the whole fourth quarter here. You get the ball with about 11 minutes left. So what, is, what does he do? They run Miles Sanders off right tackle for four yards. Okay, second and six. Carson Wentz throws a short pass across the middle to Miles Sanders for two yards. Third and four. You're not running the ball in this situation. Carson Wentz, again, tries going deep to Alshon Jeffrey on a third down. All they needed was four yards to keep the drive alive, but they throw a low percentage pass deep down the field. There's a, a, a pass interference call on, on Nelson Aguilar away from the play. Alshon Jeffrey, the ball goes incomplete. It's now fourth and four. got to punt it away from your own 31. Miami goes down the field, kicks the field goal, takes five five minutes, six minutes off the clock. Now you're down 11. Now you have to pass. So I get a lot of the crying for, for Doug Peterson to to utilize Miles Sanders more in the run. But aside from maybe a couple of a first down play here and there, I don't see exactly where you run Miles Sanders more in the second half of that game. They ran Miles Sanders. Where they ran into problems was on these third and short plays where they tried to do too much. And it got away from him. And a bad sack by Carson Wentz took points off the board. A a drop by Zach Ertz took a touchdown and took points off the board. So yeah, I I think they could be using Miles Sanders a little bit more. But I don't think it's egregious what they're doing with Miles Sanders rushing the football. The game script on Sunday, I can't point to a lot of what what Doug Peterson did wrong with play calling yesterday on Sunday. Peterson had a better day. Wentz had a better day. But there's still something a little bit off there. And they got to get it going, but 31 points. You should be able to win with 31 points. This one was on the defense, but let's face it. The offense is probably going to be a problem next week and the defense will probably shut a team down. That's what bad teams do. Offense is great. The defense stinks. The defense is great. The offense stinks. Both play well, and the special teams will give up two touchdowns. That's just the way things go. All right, thing number two, snap counts. Let's look at the snap counts from Sunday. Some interesting things from the snap counts. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was talked up this week as the starting outside wide receiver. They said he was going to get more chances, and, yeah, I guess he did get a little bit more playing time. He was on the field for 38% of the offensive snaps, but compare that to Greg Ward who was on the practice squad 10 days ago, got two more snaps and played 41% of the snaps, 3% more than Arthega Whiteside, the guy you drafted in the second round. And by the way, Ward, who again, played well against Seattle, but shouldn't by no means be thought of as a big piece to this offense. One catch for five yards on three targets on Sunday. With the story, with the cornerbacks getting absolutely eviscerated, Sidney Jones their 2017 second-round pick was inactive for this game, a healthy scratch. And their third-round pick in 2017, Rasul Douglas, played special teams only. Talk about a poor allocation of your draft picks there. The Eagles gave up a 2021 fourth-round pick for Gennard Avery at the trade deadline. Remember that? In his four games with the Eagles, he's played three snaps, ten snaps, two snaps, and five snaps on Sunday. Not exactly getting your money's worth for that fourth round pick in 2021. But that kind of fits the trend of how he's going out and getting players and then having his coaches either not use them at all in the case of LJ Fort, misuse them in the case of Zach Brown, or have trouble incorporating them into the offense like Golden Tate. All right, last thing here for you before we get to the podium, stop calling for the tank. If you're out there and you're a listener to this podcast, to any of the Bleeding Green Nation podcasts, I would encourage you to stop calling for the tank. I know the Eagles have the number 12 pick in the draft right now. And if they lose a bunch of games here at the end of the season, if they totally tank out, yeah, they could really improve their draft position. They could probably, will definitely get inside the top 10, maybe inside the top seven. And yeah, it's fair to note the Eagles are 15 and 15 since winning the Super Bowl. This team ain't going to the Super Bowl. Even if they make the playoffs and win the division, they're not going to the Super Bowl. You, it's clear to see what this team is right now. But if you think missing the playoffs is going to convince Jeff Lurie that changes shouldn't be made, I think you're high. He sees what's going on. I think he knows Mike Grow and Carson Walsh are not going to be doing their current jobs next year. Maybe Jim Schwartz is safe, but I I you know, we got to see how these last 4 weeks go. If the defense struggles against uh against Dwayne Haskins and against uh David Jones, you know, if they get if they get ripped apart by the Cowboys again, which I can't see not happening, then I don't think Jim Schwartz should be back. So the Eagles control their own destiny here. If they win out, they win the division. It's really that simple. They don't deserve to, but the Cowboys don't deserve to either. This is the worst division in football, and this is one of the worst divisions in a number of years. I remember there was a division winner a couple of years ago that won it, won the division at 7-9, and nine, and then they won a playoff game. I'm trying to remember who that was. I think it was the Rams a few years ago, uh, won, it, won the division at 7-9, and nine, and then won a playoff game on the road. Um but the, no, but nobody in this division deserves to win it. But somebody has to. The Cowboys are no, des, no more deserving of winning this division than the Eagles are. So, you know, listen, try. You got to try and beat Washington. You got to try and beat the Giants before you get to Dallas. I, there's no certainly no guarantee they beat Washington or New York. No guarantee at all. The Washington Washington's just two games behind the Eagles in the standings right now. There's no guarantee at all. Washington. Is able that the Eagles will beat will beat the will beat the Giants next week or Washington the following week? None at all. But if they do, and then and you know they get into that game against the Cowboys in Week 16, they have a chance to win the division, and then they'll probably beat Dallas and then lose to the Giants in the season finale. You just know that's the way this is going down. All right, folks, let's uh, get to the podium here. We'll hear from Doug Peterson and we'll hear from Carson Wentz, and then uh, we'll hear from Doug Peterson again in his day after news conference. <laughs>
2: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
3: I look back on it, and um, we just had too many inconsistent plays. Didn't make enough plays to to finish the game. Um, Penalties really kind of set us back a little bit. Uh, Lack of execution, you know, offensively on third down. You just... There were there were enough things to go around. I think I think that uh, just kept us uh, from uh, finishing and sustaining the game. How deflating is is a loss like this with so much on the line?
0: You know, you guys having the ability to be tied for first, and you come down here against a Dolphins team that's really struggling, and not to be able to pull this out. I'm um, I
3: asking mean, a good football team. Listen, this is the NFL. They compete. They compete hard. Um, we knew that coming down here. I, I think what's deflating is the is the and the, the the part that's disappointing. And we always control what we can control and. You know, it's about us, and and to uh, um, you know, not to not to do the things that, that that we are capable of doing today. The lack of inconsistency uh, all around, you know, um, is is the most disappointing thing. Struggled on the outside with Parker. Doug, your He's a good player. He's a good player. Uh, you know, and and uh, our guys were in position, and then, you know, they'll take a look at the tape and and uh, and see what they could have done better, but. Again, credit uh you know, credit their you know, the quarterback and the receiver for, for making those plays. I mean they 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 did it. On
1: the um, field goal trick play, did you consider calling a, a timeout in that
3: situation? No, I mean that's something we knew that coming in here that this is one of the the more sort of gadget play, special teams, you know, coordinators and teams that, that we have faced and, and our guys were prepared during the week for anything that uh you know they, they presented us. Again, just um, you know, great execution on their part.
2: They were five uh,
4: touchdowns on five consecutive drives, and then had a long field goal drive. Um, what went wrong defensively, and how, why was the defense not able to?
3: Well, well, I think well. some of those again came down to penalties. You know, we had some two big 15-yard penalties in there that, that kept them on the field. Uh, they converted fourth downs, some third longs. I mean, those are things; those are areas, situational things that, that we've got to we've got to look at and, and obviously clean up and. Um, and that, and to me, that's when I talk about consistency. That's that's what I'm talking about. We got to be more consistent in those areas. Yeah, good field position a couple of times to start both halves. Score touchdowns. The rest of your possessions, you have to go a long way. Without a, a running game to you know, let you generate those twelve and fourteen play drives, makes it very tough. I mean, it, it, it's hard to go the long, the long hard way like that. I, I thought we did some decent things in the run game, um, but again, there were some. I know in the first half there were some penalties that negated some of the long runs and, and set us back, but, um, you know, it, it's it's hard in this league to do that consistently, uh, to put, you know, 80-yard 80, 80 or 75-yard drives together all the time, but, um, you know, we got we to just do better. I mean, we started the game with the turnover, and it was that was great. We got the touchdown right away, and those are things that we got to do more of,
4: Will you see more uh, split carries between J H I e. and Miles Sanders as you progress throughout the season?
3: Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll take a look at that this week. we got some time. Um, you know, we're, we're obviously very comfortable with both guys, and, you know, we'll see how they fit into our game plan next week.
0: Will you you them your guys to keep them locked in the rest of the way? I mean, four big ones, and, you know, conceivably the division still a play here.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, is – <laughs> As crazy as this is, I mean, I, I would say it's a long shot, but, but we're not out of it. Um, we do have four you know, of our division opponents coming up, and, and um, you know, the, the guys got to understand that. And it's my job to make sure they do understand that, that we're still fighting and, and, and coming to work this week and, and ready to go and, 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 you know, try to figure this thing out. Um, but... Uh, you know, I've got to give them and, and show them that exactly, you know, where we are and then what we need to do, you know, with, uh, with these next four
1: games.
4: Zach had some plays today that he didn't make that he normally makes. Do you attribute that to sort of his, you know, lack of involvement in practice this week or to his injury or anything like
3: that? You know, Zach takes a lot of pride in making those plays and, and, uh, you know, he, he's made a ton of those plays over the, over the years for, for us and for the Eagles and, um, you know, he'll he'll take a look at it and and try to do better next time. But uh, it's unfortunate that uh, – um, and I know he's disappointed in not making this place.
4: Does he kind of lost doubt
3: can creep in to the locker room? Like, how good are we if we lost this game? Do you feel like you're going to have some mindset work to do this week with them? You know, I, I think that uh, there will probably be a little bit of that. Um, you know and that's the thing that that uh, in my position I've got to make sure that the team understands that that you know we got to guard against that and and, and we're still a good football team and again listen it, it's it's about what we do um we we self-destructed in a couple of areas today and it just it hurt us and uh, we didn't make enough plays they made they made them we didn't so um those are the things that uh I talk about – when I talk about being a disciplined team and all that kind of stuff, you know, that's that's something we got to take a look at as, as a whole, as a whole group, as a team, and, and get that area fixed.
0: As a follow-up, did you take in Lightwood?
1: Okay.
3: Not at all. That's a good football team. Tell you, it's a good football team. Um, record does not indicate any uh, anything about them at all. Um, they're well-coached. It's a disciplined group. They play hard. You see that on film. Um you know, and even some of the games that, you know, obviously their record, again, doesn't show that. But these guys battle for 60 minutes. And uh, we knew that coming down here. Did your leadership, uh, with the losses the last two weeks, there was a lot of focus on getting things straightened out and, and getting a win here. And did your leadership come through in that regard? Did the team leaders do what they were supposed to do? Um, you know what, that's on me, and, and so i got to make sure that uh, I'm doing my part. Uh, I'm the main leader of this team, and uh, I'm going to make sure that I do my part this week to, to get us prepared. Yeah, so. All right, thanks.
1: Is a loss like this with so much at stake, tied first place on the line, the Dolphins are really struggling at 2-9. Yeah,
4: it's a frustrating loss, you know, especially um, given the circumstances, like you said, and Coming down here um, on the road, you know, hoping for a big road win uh, to kind of get us out of the funk and uh, just didn't make enough plays came up short today. Why do you think
3: you guys are struggling so much this season?
4: Um, it's, it's really hard to say. Every game is different, um, you know, but at the end of the day, we just – You know, we're not making enough plays in critical um, situations to to win ball games. You know, we've been close in in a lot of these, and um, just collectively as as a team, we're just you know coming up short in in those critical situations. And and, you know, that starts with me. I got to be better in a lot of those you know those big time situations too. And um, yeah, that that's probably the biggest thing that I noticed right off the top. there were several offensive drives that stalled out. Were they doing anything different to you guys? Um, they mixed it up a little bit. Um, after that, nothing crazy. You know, I think we had a, had a couple penalties, had a couple things that kind of shot ourselves in the foot, um, a couple missed throws that I got to make and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, they, they mixed it up a little bit um, once we got up there. But, um, you know, we got to make better plays was than that. sideline throw to Alshon, one you thought you should have had, or he was, it was after the penalty he got after they call P.I. The oh, yeah, you move yeah. Back. I got I to gotta make a better throw for sure. Yeah, definitely. Carson, what makes you think that the team is able to bounce back to this based on the way things have gone the last few weeks? Um, you know, for me, uh, my belief in everybody in that locker room doesn't change. You know, obviously um, fell short today. Um, you know, circumstances, uh, you know, not ideal in, in to come in here and lose again. Um, but, you know, I have a lot of faith, a lot of belief in, in the guys that we have. Um, and I've seen crazier. You know, I've seen crazier. You know, we just got to find a way, um, get back on top. You know, next week, go 1-0 next week and um, see what happens. Are you angry after a loss like this? Um, I try not to be too down. Um, you know, it's it's definitely frustrating without a doubt. Um, but for me, you know, it's on to the next. You know, it's this, this league is uh, it's such a fast turnaround. You have no time to, to really sulk or feel bad or be pissed off. Um, there's always things to learn. We're going to do that. Um, but you know, it's got to you know we got to turn right back around and get ready for uh, for the Giants. What was your view on the uh, the hail mary? Did you think I had a chance? I couldn't really tell. I just saw a lot of kind of excitement going on there and the ball pop up, but I I didn't know what was going on until I saw the Dolphins guys uh, cheering afterwards. On the field
1: drive there late in the fourth quarter, the second and ten play was a sack. What would you have wanted to do there? Were you trying to
4: make a play? Did yeah, I, I should just throw it away. You yeah, know, Throw it away or do something I was – trying too hard to, to make a play for something and um, taking the sack there was, was obviously not ideal. Is this a game you thought you were going to win, you should have won, playing the Dolphins 2-9? Um, You know, we, we don't overlook anybody. You know, and hats off to them. They came uh, out today and played a good team game. You know, and, and we got to be better. We got to execute better. Um, but, you know, I don't think, you know, anybody in this locker room overlooks anybody. This is the National Football League. You know, there's no slouches out there on Sundays. So, um, you know, we did not take them. Um, take it for granted at all. You know, they played a great game and, and they, you know, they got the win today. It's hard to imagine a more critical situation than this coming into this game. We've lost two in a row. Why weren't the plays made in critical situations? I mean, was the preparation not there? I don't think it was preparation. I don't think it was, you know, there's really no, no excuses. We just didn't make them, you know. Playing simple, we didn't make them. You know, I thought we had uh, a good game plan. Um, we stayed the course, thought we, we did a pretty good job with that, you know. we, we There's definitely plays that we all want back. Um. But yeah, there's there's really no excuses. We just didn't make enough plays. Was there a concerted effort to get you more outside the pocket, throwing on those types of runs to see them? Um. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. You know, kind of like I always talk about. Just it's it's all based on how the defense plays. You know, um, plays us and and you know what we see on tape. And so, um. Yeah, that was definitely part of the, the um, game plan and, today. Well, when was saying this is kind of like a critical week for the leaders to kind of keep the team together and everything. I mean, Do you kind of see it that way? And what do you particularly have to do? Yeah. I mean, you know, especially anytime we come off come off a loss you know it's just make sure no one's pointing fingers everyone's staying together and you know not just coming off a loss but coming off uh you know now three you know and that's um not a place we want to be and not not something that we ever want to experience but um without a doubt anytime you're in this situation uh, as a leader you know you got to keep rallying the troops and um for me and i know a lot of the guys would say the same thing we only know how to do one thing let's go back to work you know, there's a lot of negatives from this game, all that stuff. But uh, we're going to go back to work and learn from it and uh, hopefully be better next week. Moving forward, Carson, you have four divisional games coming up now, two against the Giants, Redskins, and Cowboys. Does your mindset change going into play when you play these guys? because you see them twice a year? Um, I wouldn't say it changes, you know, but we're excited. You know, we're excited for divisional play like this. And um, it's the last month of the season, you know, but first and foremost, we got to take care of business this week first. Um, but, yeah, we're definitely excited to, you know, Go back, go back out, go back to work. Um, try and go one and zero next week, and uh, just keep playing, see what happens. You guys scored over thirty today. Does it feel like the offense and defense just aren't clicking at the same time right now? Um, probably. You know, I, I think that's that's definitely you know last. Obviously, we had a couple of really bad showings offensively, and, and we came out here and put up points. But um, I believe in, in the defense. I believe in the offense. I think we're going to get this thing going in the right direction. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's tough to, to lose the way we did um, with the circumstances, like I said earlier. But um, a lot of faith that we're going to get this thing going. Carson, I know you said you don't want a finger point, but how do you guys hold each other accountable as teammates? And, and are you guys holding each other accountable? Um. Yeah, I mean that's part of what we do, you know, and, and especially as leaders, is holding each other accountable. And um, you know, mistakes from a game, you know, those are all things that we're going to learn and, and hold each other accountable. And I know um, the guys that we have in there, everyone's going to own their mistakes. I'm going to own, you know, I left some plays out there, I missed some throws, I got to be better. Um, and, and everyone's going to do that and look themselves in the mirror, and um, you know, hopefully, you know, have a better showing next week. Some
1: plays that typically miss. What sense you have of? what he was going through
4: today and this week? Yeah, um, obviously, like you said, you, you don't see that. You know, you, n- you never see Hurts, uh, you know, miss a ball like that. And um, for me, uh, I'm making mistakes too, you know, and I, I told him right after, like, we're coming right back to him. I always say that, and, um, you know, he's one of the best in the world, and, and so I'm not worried about him making a mistake. He's going to get right back on and I have nothing but faith and confidence in him going forward. How was your trust in like Alshon? you know there had been a period that we had yeah. in front of yeah, I felt really good with round today. Um, definitely some throws I want back for sure, um, and some plays that him and I can make t- together. You know, but um, you know, having him him back out there was huge for us. It definitely gave us a spark, and um, yeah, I think we ha- we have a lot of trust in each other for sure.
3: Okay,
4: Thank so
3: you, much. guys. You said on WIP that you thought that the, the Dolphins wanted it more. Um, in that kind of situation, how do, you, how do you handle that? How do you deal with it? How do you address them? How do you avoid that happening again? Yeah, I think I think um, I, I don't want to be uh, misunderstood when I when I make that statement. Um, what what I what I mean by they want it more there there were certain plays in that game where obviously they they made the play we didn't. Um, so in that case, yeah, they wanted that play a little bit more than we did uh, as a, as a whole as a game. You know, I, I've. I, the effort, the energy level, um, all that was there. You know, in the game, playing tough. Guys, guys played hurt in the game and went back in the game. Uh, so it's not. It's none of that. It's the fact that there were plays to be made in that game. We didn't make them. They wanted that aspect of the game just to touch more. They made those plays and and uh, and ultimately came out on top.
1: You said after the game that you did not consider calling a timeout on the uh, fake field goal or the trip play correct what's the downside to calling a timeout in that spot
3: the downside yes um probably nothing you know um the fact that you know they could still come out with another formation another opportunity you know they could that was one of the things that you know understanding this coordinator and where he's been in this team and um you know are there unscouted trick plays? that's why they're called trick plays for a reason because they're unscouted right and gadget type plays and so are there are there those plays that every team has yes there are and they work on them throughout the course of the year you burn a timeout there sure okay that might negate that one but it doesn't you know still say they don't line up and try something uh, again in that situation
1: and, 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 and like that's why I, w- I was curious there because a lot of these plays you see it out of a normal formation when you see the formations different, um, you made the conscious decision just to keep playing. Is, is yeah, because
3: when and even when you you know I watched the film again this morning and, and we had everybody covered up. We we broke the formation. We we aligned up where we were supposed to align and and uh, we just came off of the guy that caught the touchdown. That's that's the bottom line. So. Um, you know, it's it's something that Coach Fit puts our guys through every week. He re- he goes back and researches as much as he can the history of those coordinators and and, and the, the teams that um, have run those special type plays and and um, you know prepares our team for those for those moments. Do you think they
4: run the play call a
3: timeout? They could easily run another play, maybe not that specific play, or even if even if I mean even if you call a timeout right there. Okay. They could still break the formation lineup exactly the same way. We don't know what they were going to run, right, because the play didn't show. So, you know, it kind of goes either way that way. When you look
4: at the penalties, uh, many of those had the offset positive plays. What's the, what's the um, big picture assessment of why those are happening the way they are?
3: It's unfortunate that they do happen. It came in, it came in bunches yesterday, I think 10 penalties there, four of which gave them first downs. You know, to stay on the field uh, from a, from a you know their offense or you know uh, situation. I look at the other side. We had some critical uh, penalties on offense in, in critical moments. Um, I think we had a holding call early in the game. Uh, we had a false start on a fourth and two that we had to settle for a field goal. You know, so there's there's it, it, there was enough in this game um, that. And then you go back a week week before where he had two penalties. So you know, my question is why? Why? You know why? Um, yeah. And and some of it comes down to you know lack of focus. Um, you know, uh, just just understanding the situation. Sometimes, you know, uh, all things that we try not to use as excuses because we have to eliminate that um, and get better and and learn from them and move on.
2: How, how confident are you in, in
3: the leadership of this team? You know, it's third straight loss and everything. A lot of players are obviously angry and upset. That you know, the leaders on this team kind of believe you through going forward. This will be um, where this team is. This will be this will be a, 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 a this will be great for our leadership right now where we are. Um, from my standpoint, leading the football team and then and then challenging the leaders of the team. Uh, to to really embrace this time and, and to really challenge the guys and say hey you know we've we've got four games left and a month of this season and and by no means are we um uh, we're not thrown in the towel we got a lot of football left we got a great opportunity there's still a chance you know for us we control our own destiny and and so that's going to be the message moving forward to this football team and and the leaders have to embrace that and they have to also take it to the to the team as well so i i feel really good about that um, and and those will be the conversations that i have with those guys this is week that not the approach before i mean less it's no it was, listen it, it's been the approach we're, we're, we're just talking about right now so yeah leading up to that it's, it's always been that same approach Are you? Do,
4: you make, do you make any uh, coaching changes this week no do you make any personnel changes like in terms of who's starting somewhere
3: uh, we've got time to deal with that so we, i mean obviously we'll take a look but as of right now, today, sitting here at 12.03. No. Do so you don't
4: think a shake-up is in order?
3: Um, you know, a shake-up. Um, and I know what you're saying. You're talking about sending a message. No, I don't. I mean, everything that is, it's all self-inflicted. It's all, even the plays that they made. Our our players were in position to make those plays. We just we just didn't. They executed. We didn't. Um, and and so that to me doesn't deserve any kind of any kind of shake up. I would think if you're, you know, uh, no, it
1: doesn't. You talked about the challenge for the leadership this week. But have you seen maybe behind the scenes the reaction you've wanted from the players? I. You know, when, when we talk to the guys, they say you know we're angry, we're frustrated, but they're pretty calm. Versus a team, maybe like Dallas, don't want to make that comparison. But you know, the Cowboys got in a screaming match after their loss to the Bills. Would you rather see that kind of you know anger, passion, frustration, or are you okay with the the reaction you've seen from your players?
3: I think I think uh, I think everybody handles it. You know, controversy uh, a little bit different. I mean, if if it takes screaming and shouting at each other, maybe. Uh, If it takes, uh, you know, out at practice, um, coach, let's repeat this play. We made a mistake. Let's get it right. You know, or or getting in a player to player kind of confrontation, getting in somebody's face at practice or during the week. I mean, all those can be all those can be constructive uh, if handled the right way, if handled the right way. And, um, you know, I can I can say certain things here in in front of you all. And then when I address the team, it's a different it's a different tone. So th- there's ways of handling it, um, and, and each team is different. But uh, uh, I do I do believe in our, our leadership, and I do believe in our players.
4: Long long? What does this team need, and how do you know what it needs?
3: This team needs to continue to work every single day and, and come to work with the right frame of mind, and, um, check egos at the door, let's come to work, let's get ready for the New York Giants, and uh, got another great opportunity this week. And that's that's the only thing I know to do, is to continue to push, put one foot in front of the other, uh, you know, uh, be hard on our players, demand more of our players, things of that nature, things that we've we've done all season long, players got to hold players accountable, all of that stuff we talk about, um, and get ready for this game.
4: Dougie, a lot of the focus has been on the defense for from yesterday but what's
3: in your mind what's the kind of culpability of the offense uh, obviously just one touchdown in the second half after productive first half uh, to kind of you know stop the bleeding a little bit well we had we had opportunities um you know we had a mishap miss you know we had a drop pass there in, in, in the red zone that would have been possibly another another touchdown there uh, again going back we had we had the penalty false start you know things that kind of set us back offensively that uh um allowed us to kind of keep our lead you know and it prevented us from from keeping the lead and and then and then you know you get to a point where you're you're behind and then you know we we put ourselves in a position two scores down to um you know we kick the field goal and all that but it's just execution um and in in critical moments and and those are things that i look at as as the head coach and and calling plays and, and making sure that i'm putting our players in those situations during the week because if i don't and it comes up in the game then that one's on me
4: given um what the team has accomplished at the end of the last two seasons going on those runs do you think it's possible that the team sort of is a little bit comfortable in thinking it is able to just sort of turn on the switch at the end of the season i
3: I think that can you can benefit from that but you just don't turn the switch on in this league um you have to come to work every single day. You got to come ready in the right frame of mind and all that. And you got to prepare and put in the work just like our guys have done all season long. But I don't think you look up at the end of the day and go, Oh, let's wait till December and we'll, we'll start playing our best football. I mean, it's gotta be a week in and week out thing. And, um, I do think that our guys understand that though, that, that they have been able to do that. That's why when you talk about a team that's resilient, um, they've been through it, you know, they, they've been tested that way. So, um, That's the hope moving forward that that the guys see it and uh, they embrace it and and we can get that done. What's
2: the process process for you looking at the defensive game plan
4: before the the actual game? Um,
3: Jim and I talk throughout the course of the week. Of course, you know, during practice, uh, you know, we get a chance to visit and and I get to see the practice. uh, You know, uh, I've got their calls and everything and then the the dialogue that he and I have during the week. to understand the uh, the plan and, and how we're going to attack uh, an opponent.
4: What did you think of this game plan? Really, what was it? I mean, what was it and was there anything that was designed specifically to stop Devonte Parker and prepare for that? To, to prepare for Ryan Fitzpatrick?
3: I mean, outside of just
4: you know, yeah, I mean, you think
3: about the way we started this football game, and I mean, we were doing those things. I mean, we, uh-huh. we created a turnover on the first play of the game. we were sacking the quarterback. We we stopped the run. You know, did all the things that 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 the game plan was designed to do. Um, you know, early in the football game, and and uh, even to the point where you know we had a twenty-eight to fourteen. What changed,
4: what changed then and then how come an adjustment was i just needed?
3: think what changed there wasn't a whole lot that changed I, I when you if you go back and just watch i don't know if you watched re the game but if you rewatch the game again we have guys in position it's not the calls um it's not the effort of the team it's not any of that we're in position they made the play we didn't and, and that's really what it comes down to we've got to do our job, as far as putting our p- players in position,
4: that means they have more talent. But if you had the effort, of the guys are in the position, then, and the other team made the plays.
3: I mean, it's not a, it's not a ta- it's not a talent thing. Um, if you've ever played competitive sports in your life, you would know. I mean, there are times when you get beat, and there's times when you win, and and we got beat. I mean, we physically got beat yesterday, and we have to accept that. And um, every player has to to look at that. Every coach has to look at that. And um, what can I do this? What can I do this week to get better from that? How can I maybe be another six inches further down the field, or you know, um, listen to the snap count a little bit, or whatever it might be, uh, to to make those plays in the future.
4: In the standings player sold in that game I mean he's your tallest corner it seems like the the jump ball of what was working. yeah I mean it's, it's
3: obviously uh, you know he, he's a good player he's played for us um, but still felt comfortable with uh, with Darby and, and Jalen out there yeah. all right